Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen, and me, Kate Thompson. Yes. Yeah. And we're uh, moving onward with the Black Goddess. That's where we are now. Hell yeah. Uh, and we're just we're gonna pretty much just jump right in. We got no segments this uh, week for you, uh, listeners. It's just all story and discussion. All yeah, BPRD. Give us some of those those fact those cred, cred, credits. Yeah. Information. I don't know what factoids. You got it, babe. <laughs> and then we'll see where we left <laughs> off, and then we'll talk about covers and do our thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. BPRD. The Black Goddess, written in uh, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And published between January and May of 2009. We left off with one of Lobster Johnson's old pals, old like buddies from his team, McTell, giving Kate Kurrigan directions to where they could find Memnon Saw. (laughs) Simple as that. Hey, here they are. Here are those directions you wanted. (laughs) Like I have it on a little, on one piece of paper. Like, thank God, because we had files from the 40s. That's what we were going on. <laughs> and all along, it was just sitting on your dresser. Yeah. And yeah. they get right to it. They're they're there in the beginning of the second chapter. They're uh, walking the Stanovov range, which is like you have uh, Johan kind of walking ahead. You don't really see like who he's followed by or anything, but you see this kind of overlaid conversation between two people. You're not sure who just yet. Johan is wearing a hood, which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. He takes his hood down. Yeah, like, does he get cold? Well, he's got to, maybe maybe it's just like to fill. dome. Yeah, check. That's what I was thinking. They can't let that uh, little plastic dome get frostbitten. I always thought of it as glass. Do you think it's glass? I always thought it. I don't know. I always imagined it as like thick glass. Wow. But that's maybe, like a that seems really delicate now that I think about it. Yeah, I always assumed it was like a thick, like a plastic. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like he's filling it up. Like it would be like if he gets pulled out, it would just. I like, mean, just his like headpiece or whatever. The rest of it seems like rubber. Yeah, it feels like I would be. I would be so worried. It'd be like. Constantly yeah. holding a glass, like a glass like a fish tank or something. Yeah, fish tank all the time. <laughs> I break wine glasses just by looking at them. <laughs> if they're, if I have to wash them, because we don't have a dishwasher, so I wash everything by hand. And if I have to wash a wine glass, I'm like 50 50, we're going to have one less wine glass after this. Yeah. I'm the same way. Well, the way yeah. I wash, I feel like I'm I- pretty delicate too, but nope. Sometimes nope. I just <laughs> flip and get smashed <laughs> all over your other plates. Nah, yep. Sucks. Well, I hope Johan, you know, I if they tried. I hope he's in a little I hope sturdier stuff than a wine glass. Yeah. Yeah. The cheapest wine glass from like Marshall's. <laughs> yeah. So when it finally, like the next page, it kind of shows you the breadth of the scene. You see like the whole mountain range and there's like tanks and army guys, just like a shit ton of people. Yeah. You know, at least mm. like a hundred, a couple hundred, I would say. Yeah, Sorry, something like that. I think it's a good guess of a yeah. number. And we see that the conversation is happening between an army colonel and Abe Sapien, who's basically like talking about like, uh, yeah, like you're just like accompanying the team. And Johan, he's walking out ahead of us, but that's fine. 
his body is expendable. Kate Kurgan's like, hey, that, you know, that sounds kind of insensitive, you jerk. And he's like, what? He literally has a second body that we could, like, pop him into if we need to. Which I wonder if it's if that's a little, like, foreshadowing, like, we're going to have to use that second body. Yeah, totally. You know? And also just, I mean, I got to agree with Kate on this. Abe is really being very insensitive. About it's like, I mean, you said it last episode where it was like he Abe is looking at Johan as a tool mm-hmm. and not as a person. And I think that that's still kind of lingering here, that attitude. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Abe, I don't know. I don't know if this is foreshadowing for the future of Abe, but he definitely feels... His callousness is, I'm like, is this foreshadowing for a change that's coming down the line? You know what I mean? I don't 100% know, but I think I sort of know. I feel like I've heard enough, like, little clues as to, like, Abe, you know, something's going to happen where he becomes kind of a different character. Yeah. So I'm sort of, like, expecting that. At this point, I feel like, as far as his character development, like, it seems like he's on a path that makes sense for this character as he is. He's, like, had to become more hardened and less attached to his teammates, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, he's kind of picking up the slack where... Ben left off, I'm yeah, guessing? Where yeah, where Damien left off, so it's... Yeah, I feel like it's it sucks, you know? It's like when your friend at work becomes a manager... Yeah, and all of a sudden they really care about your time time clock. You're like, but man, we used to like hang like, out on hey, the balcony. To, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're a little bad worker like me. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what's happening. <laughs> Start calling. Um, I'm your a good friend. worker, by the way. If you yeah, you're a good worker. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Okay, here we go. So he's just like, listen, uh, Johan said that. I'm just repeating it, okay? But I don't agree. So they're kind <laughs> of like just chit-chatting. And then the army guy's like, the colonel's like, cut your squabble. It looks like your directions were right on the money. And we have a huge wall at the top of like 100 stairs. Yeah. And it has this narrow crevice through it. Very, Very strange. Yeah. yeah. Odd there seem to design. be like crumbled sort of columns at the front. Yeah. And snow just like climbing up to the wall, but it's clearly huge. And as they kind of are discussing what to do, like how they're going to approach it, a monk appears on the stairs and the colonel's like, yeah, we're going to go point guns at this guy and see what's going on. (laughs) The monk instructs him, like raises his hand as if to tell him to stop. And immediately the colonel tells his men to hold up. And then clearly has been like influenced to do that by the monk. And he's like, wait, you know, why did I just do that? I, you know, (laughs) yeah, the monk like powered him, willed him to do it. Which we definitely get a a confirmation of that. This funny, like close up of the monk's smile. Yeah, he's got like "Mm." a little smile. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you came to see Miss Sherman. Not all of you, you, you and you and he points to Abe, Kate, and Devin. He skips right over Johan. Johan's like taken aback, and he and the Colonel are both like, "Oh, you're not going to tell us who's coming in and who's not." But Abe's like, "You know what? Okay, maybe Memnon saw sees that we came mob deep, and he doesn't want to mess with us, and he just <laughs> wants to talk. So let's go in and talk. And if we're not out in two hours, come get us." And the monk, like, it's like a cool, like, mysterious thing where he's like, stay close, you'll get lost. And it kind of have, like, an overhead shot of a crazy 
maze yeah. that is in here in this like entranceway to this city. Yeah, and it's cool that the maze is this the first thing we're seeing in the in- interior of this location prior yeah. to a little like teaser last time. Uh, last issue, but like it's interesting. It's that red and gold, which we sort of associate with Amensa at this point. Yeah, yeah, sort of like ornate, kind of like little arched roof kind of structure to the. I mean, I don't know what this architecture is called. It's very, it's just like vaguely Asian to me, which mm-hmm. kind of fits with his with Memnonsa's like vaguely Asian caric- caricature. Yeah, his his vaguely that he's appropriation like sort of established. Yeah, <laughs> so it's. It's kind of like that. It's like a white guy that owns like samurai swords or something. <laughs> Which don't get me wrong is cool as hell and I want some. <laughs> Jessica won't let me get any. Oh my gosh. Uh, I guess we're going to unpack that now. <laughs> Just I, I'm not I'm not like really looking, but I wouldn't say no. If she was like, we should get a sword. I'd be like, all right, well, let's sword shop. <sighs> so the monk is follows. Showing them through the maze. He says, no one got lost. Did you want us to? Abe says. I like that interaction. (laughs) And then the monk does this annoying thing where he's like, so much anger. But don't worry, the rest of the way is easy. So he's like being his very like even keeled monk self. But like, clearly you guys have done something that's like aggressive. It's like that kind of thing where somebody tells you to calm down when you're justifiably mad. Yeah. You know, Abe's like, you have our friend. Like, let's get to it. We see there's like a city and at the top is that tower that we saw in the previous issue, the like golden ornate tower. Yeah. They get up there, they open some beautiful red curtains and we see an enormous carving, like a huge statue of the black goddess with fire all around her engulfing her. She's like three stories tall. Ooh. And in front of it is a levitating, meditating Liz who is has her eyes closed and she's like kind of got she's in like lotus kind of seated position with her legs crossed in her hands like gently in her lap and yeah. has a little flame burning in front of her. So she doesn't look quite like herself. And she's also what's interesting is like emotionally they're immediately like, you know, like on alert. Yeah. But we're seeing a Liz who's not necessarily captive like what we're expecting. Right, like she's not like chained up or anything, but she's she's not even in a machine. Yeah, like yeah. back in like Hollow Earth when she was taken, she was like truly sucked uh, her energy and her essence, soul, if you will, like was put into yeah. a machine and pleading yeah, like a and pleading to be rescued. Yeah, this is something different, which is very, just interesting. Yeah, and I think that Memnon saw like kind of explains a little bit, um, but basically she's like. It seems like the dealio is like she's being used still as like whatever. I yeah. guess she'll be used to like channel the black goddess or something. But then Memnon saw appears. He's got a brand new outfit. He did it. He did a Ooh. costume change <laughs> where he has He's like Cher over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I could see Cher in this. Uh, he still got the well. Snake if they motif. do a casting, I'm gonna. We're just gonna say we want Cher to play it. Memens, Memens oh boy, <laughs> I don't involve me in this casting. I don't want to be. It's problematic for multiple levels. For this, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, you know, he's still got his same kind of like snaky motif, but he's in like more of a black sh- um, robe 
with like a dragony looking headdress that he's wearing and his eyes are like completely glowing white and or excuse me yellow and orange yeah i love that his hat looks like a dragon is straight up eating his head <laughs> yeah yeah and there's like cool like the like tails behind it the like red that's kind of flowing behind him yeah yeah it's cool and he's like yeah i told you to stay away Immediately, Abe is like, uh, don't scold me, you lousy fuck, <laughs> is what I imagine he says. Uh, yeah, totally. The monk is like, control yourself. And for a second, since we saw the monk like so easily control the army colonel, we're like, uh-oh, Abe's going to get his ass kicked. But then Abe takes a swing at him. The monk says, if you can't control yourself, then I shall, and goes as if he's going to like put some moves on Abe. But Abe counters the attack and slams the monk down on the ground and then points a gun at Memnon Sa's head and says, I told you I'd get some answers. So it's like Abe's being pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, we really are seeing such aggression from Abe. He's like at the end of his rope, you know? It's just like all these horrible things have happened and it's like this is like a, a side distraction or something. He like doesn't see this as a part of the frog problem. Like they have this bigger problem to handle. And this is like, well, we need Liz for this. Yep. So he wants to like get it done with, I think. 100%. Yeah, he is. I love that what you said. He's definitely at the his last. He's just so done with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, outside the Colonel and Johan and the rest of the troops are just waiting, you know, and Johan's kind of, defending Abe's position on, like, keeping them outside. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Johan's not, like, super offended by Abe's actions at this point. And then he, as he's, like, kind of talking about that, he's interrupted by the colonel saying, yeah, fascinating, but you need to see something. Then we see on the top of the wall, there's, like, this flank of all of these monks. A lot of them are armed with, like, Rifles, old looking rifles, but like uh, rifles and like some have swords. Some are just like shirtless. Yeah. They all have the like Memnonsa sort of like gold medallion. Yeah, which we saw this medallion we did see yeah, in the, the, the Iron Prometheus. Yeah, the like flunkies that fought with Lobster Johnson, right? Yeah, or like they f- like we we run. Or not with Lobster Johnson with um, they fought, his name. They fought against him, which he was like. Yeah. Unclear, you know, they turned into a giant monster. So mm, we might expect that to happen. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> and so the colonel sees the guns. He's like, yeah, okay, everybody, troops, get ready to fight. Then it comes, we come back to inside Memnon Sa's lair. Abe's like, yeah, tell me what's going on. Memnon Sa does the hand thing where he, like, just throws Abe to the ground. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, she, like... Liz is here, and I'm not even mad with you guys, but she's here now. She's never going to leave. Devin says, Christ, he's in love with her. <laughs> I don't think that's, like, exactly what's going on. Like, I don't think that's true either, but I like yeah. that you have a character making that assessment quickly. Right. I think that Abe, Devin, and Kate all act as really good, like, audience surrogates and stuff. And they're, like, saying every possible thing that could be happening. Yes. Like, they're, like, taking guesses, kind of. Because yeah. it's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and, like, I love Kate's line here. Like, look, you let us in. You obviously want to talk. So tell us your goddamn story already. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're kind of at the point where it's like, okay, we need some... 
We need some like info now. Yeah, come on. Monologue yeah. for us, please. Monologue it, baby, because <laughs> what the hell are you doing? So yeah, he's like Memnon Sask sort of being still like a little mysterious, but he's like, oh, the frogs and these like Hyperborean guys <laughs> are joining forces. Or are they the Hyperboreans? They're like the subterranean subterranean people. guys. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, subterranean race and the yeah, the yeah. frogs have definitely. I don't know if they're actually Hyperborean, they're but they're ancient. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, it's like such a big problem, and it's growing unchecked. And you see this like just fields of those kind of like frog incubator <laughs> egg sac looking things that we've seen before, yeah. and there's just like hundreds of them. Thousands of them, you know? Yeah. And it's coming for you very soon. Even the ones that you're familiar with are more lethal now. So we see, like, the subterranean dweller guys and the Black Flame. Which is interesting because we just, the last time we saw the Black Flame, he fell into a pit. And then now this is hinting at the Black Flame is still out there, which is... He's still out there and he's, like, worse than before. Yikes. So it's like, okay. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah, I've only told you guys the truth. And, you know, it's up to me to, like, out, like uh, nothing you or I can do will keep hundreds of millions from perishing when this new world comes. And, yeah, they're kind of still trying to figure out, like, what is going on. Real quick, I want to interject. Do you think he's putting images in these in their mind? Because Kate's like, what's that? I don't get this magical mystery slideshow like Liz and, like Liz and Abe. Is there, like... Is these images that we're seeing, like, he's projecting them into their mind's eye? I guess so, yeah, if that's what she's saying. And we're, I mean, we as the audience are seeing it, like... Right. So it could have just been, like, a narrative, like, thing, for like, a little reminder for us. But it seems like, yeah, it seems like Ben Minsa is probably, like, giving them little flashes of what's what's happening i think that that's i think that makes sense yeah totally yeah and he's like basically setting it up so it's like he and liz are the only hope against the frog creatures creating a new world Mm -hmm. and then outside one of the monks comes down from the wall to talk to the soldiers he's like yeah you should get ready for an attack but it's coming from that direction and he points over here and the floor, you know, the ground erupts <laughs> and a ton of these subterranean guys with swords and all uh, frog creatures come crawling out. The colonel is taken aback. He's like, OK, I know about the frogs, but what the fuck are these other things? And then as he turns <laughs> to like bark at Johan, he stops talking and Johan's like, Colonel, and there's a fucking Yeti behind Johan. <laughs> Just a straight up Yeti with one of the medallions on his chest. Um, so yeah, a lot of like crazy shit that you we weren't quite expecting is going down. Yeah, I love Still nuts. <laughs> I love that cliffhanger of just because yeah. I love the timing on that of like Johan saying frogs, frogs are here, and he's like he turns to be like you knew about this, <laughs> like, yeah. and then sees the the this new yeti. Yeah, like the form. shadow of it is like <laughs> being cast over his face. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, really cool. Yeah, wow. Like we really like oh, leapt right into some like. There's a little bit of a build left over from, of course, our last exposition heavy issue. Yeah. And we're probably going to get more exposition from, of course, Mansa, but like, this is pretty wild. <laughs> like, what we just it's walked nuts. into. Yeah. Not at all I expected, which is fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's cool. I, I like the kind of reveal of like the monks being like, oh, no, we're fighting with you right now against these guys uh, right over your shoulder. <laughs> and yeah, just the reveal, too, of like, I didn't think a Yeti was going to show up, you know? Yeah, totally. It's cool. It's very cool. Do you have any um, favorite other favorite moments from this first this um second issue? I mean, I really do like the Yeti thing. I like the Liz reveal where she's like floating. Mhm. Yeah, what about you? I think I'm 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 the same. Like I think every turn is really surprising. I think Arcudi and Mignola are really like getting us like entering it like expanding again on already some bigger world stuff and they're doing it in ways that I I'm constantly like surprised on each turn and it's very fun. Like the monk is even the monk's appearance outside of these, this wall is, is fun. He just like appears out of nowhere there. You know, we're, we're walking into a maze and you're like, what? It's like, it's just every turn is just so fun. Similar to like Liz. And then even the action of like a being aggressive, but then immediately being taken down by him and saws like just gesture. Yeah. But he was also like, it seems like the monk was not, giving them enough credit like even he yeah you know he thinks he can manipulate them super easily then they don't get lost in a maze and he comments on it and then he tries to like put the whammy on abe and he gets like smacked down <laughs> yeah. so it's like yeah maybe abe is uh, more capable than they're giving him credit for 100 percent. we've seen him before we know how capable abe is actually yeah. i mean he's the guy that took down rasputin he you know after being like hunted by a fucking ghost he's been i mean she's uh he's been shot by a monkey in the past yeah. uh <laughs> like he's been through some shit and then like you know what i mean he took down some robots on a fucking island like he's definitely like built up his and again like we've i you know, stating the same thing we've already stated, but his aggression is just built to this point where he's at a breaking point. So yeah. they aren't, you're right. They aren't getting him any credit. They just think he's like another, like, I think they're looking at Abe, like just another, like follow, like a soldier, like a follower, right. For BPRD. Right. And they're not yeah. understanding that like the emotional, like personal stakes of getting Liz back is really fueling him on top of the world having these bigger issues <laughs> like you said it's like a side it's like a side little thing that he's like well, i fucking hate that we have to deal with this and he's probably a little mad at himself too because he's like he's the reason they they I mean he's part one of the reasons they drug liz and then they followed took liz and liz to him and saw and then he fucking ran off with her yeah you know like and then munich was burning all because it's, it's insanity <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't even know. I mean, I think Yeti the, the Yeti reveal, even though it's the last panel, is probably my absolute favorite in this issue. But there's yeah, no, he's it, just cool looking. Like he's got cool little tufts of hair, like very Mignola styled kind of a thing. Yeah, I and think tusks. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think Guy Davis has just done a great job. I love that he has a unibrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about the cover. Yeah, well, I, we'll get to that right now. I thought. Um, oh, cool. Just because it does have like a big reveal, I think this again yeah. another Kevin Nolan uh, cover. Um, you want to yeah, describe have, that? Yeah, the Black Goddess, less looking less like the sculpture and more almost like a physical flesh being. Yeah, to me, it's still enormous and behind Liz, um, and Liz is there floating, wearing the same like garb as the monks, and just kind of like 
you know, floating there with like a peaceful sort of serene face and compare that to the like the black goddess looks in this one like Kali, like uh, depictions of Kali from uh, what the hell am I thinking? Like 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 Kali's like the Hindu god of destruction and power and stuff like has like if you if you like Google her, like all the skulls like on the black goddess. She's depicted, like, with snakes and holding a skull in her hand and having skulls, like, adorning her head and in, like, a sash around her. There's, like, a decoration of skulls. And then if you look at Kali, she's got, like, actual skulls, like, around her neck and head. But, like, and she, in pictures I've seen of her, is holding a head a lot of the time. So I think they're, like, really drawing from that. That's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, that's classic Mignola, you know what I mean? Taking from an yeah, actual thing and then building his own. this and that. Yeah, totally. I'm very curious, like, what the balance is of the hands. It's interesting. There's a skull in one, and then the other one is, like, this, like... Holds, like, a cup. Yeah, or what's the thing that like, you mix in? What are those called? The mortar and pestle. Yeah, that's what it that's looks... the mortar. Yeah, it looks like the mortar with this energy, this purple energy that sort of matches the yeah, first... Rising. Yeah, matches sort of the same color from the first issue's cover. But yeah. it's like, I'm very curious what that, if it's, you know what I mean? I don't know if there's any great significance, significance but it's yeah. interesting. Always when you're like, anytime it makes me feel like if you're holding two things, it's like a balance. And I'm like, oh, what yeah. is this? You know what I mean? I think like in depictions of gods too, there's, like if you have like a drawing of a god, sometimes they'll be holding the thing that, symbol like is the symbol for them or something like yeah it like regardless of it, it's just like a thing in in art i think to depict a god like that yeah maybe it's just something that's like it has some significant i mean clearly like a skull being like death yeah yeah i get it it's like she's gonna kill something or yeah or a balance of death and magic or magic keeps yeah. you alive i don't know i don't know it's very cool and i really like again kevin nolan's like his his elongation of the body, I just like. I like a lot. And I think it's yeah, like, it's like Liz. slightly exaggerated enough, you know? Yeah. Without really making it cartoonish or anything. It's clearly like stylized, but not. It's good. And he's got this like soft hatching that makes everything look like very. Like, makes the like. Like Liz's flesh and skin look very, I guess, real. Yeah, I agree. I really like the yeah. hash. Below the eye that's not in shadow. Yeah. I like that. It just gives that texture to her, the, gives it the contrast that yeah. I like on his work for these covers. Yeah, really Very nice. cool. Very good stuff, Kevin Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then we could just talk about the next cover, I guess, before. Yeah, I think that's true. Immediately, our last image was uh, the Yeti as a cliffhanger, and then the cover uh -huh. is this. I love this Kevin Nolan's interpretation, though, of this Yeti. He, like, blunts the teeth. <laughs> yeah. He, like, has it, like, human teeth almost, but with the, with the like, animalistic tusks. Look at me right which now. I thought was an interesting choice. Like, the Yeti inside, yeah. I look like the You're Yeti. You're doing a good impression of this Yeti on the I cover. am the Yeti. <laughs> you might have to post that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just got to get your tusks a little oh, bit. I got to try to do a screenshot. Oh, yeah. Let's get it. Let's get it. 
I love that you have the fucking, you're like cloaked in cloth so that you can get better audio. I know. <laughs> it will help. It will help match. The, the contrast will match. Yeah, you'll have a better. shadow cast on the side of your face. <laughs> uh, this is a really, it's, it's really a cool cover, I think. Yeah, you have the, um, like one of the monks armed against, with his back to the, uh, like BPRD agent with a shotgun pointed at the frogs that are surrounding them. It's interesting that do they have these swords? Cause I feel like the, the subterranean culture is holding that is the ones using those swords. But on the cover, yeah. it's this monk who's dressed more like a ninja. And, but yeah, I feel his like face is covered. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I have, to, I'm just skimming forward to see, like, I don't feel like they use those swords. Those are the subterraneans. I wonder if it's just, in designing the cover, he just like was like, I think it looks cool on this if he yeah. holds it. Yeah, maybe. And definitely, Did they, didn't they use a forked sword in that issue where it was like it was like fuck? What was that issue with like the guy was wearing like the suit that the, his girlfriend and her dad had designed? Iron Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Johnson. Okay. Sorry. You said they might have. They might have used. I, I can't feel like remember. They did use swords like that. That style. I don't know. Maybe there's some relation. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting that the monks never in the issue use a sword. They use yeah. guns and they're like Rieti power. And they yeah. and the sword that the, those subterranean guys is now in their hands on the cover. It's just a the little. One guy has a sword on the wall. Let me look at it. Does he? That's, let me look back at but the wall. But it's sheathed, so you can't yeah. see it. Yeah. This kind of sword doesn't really, really look like you could easily sheathe it because it has the forked blade at the tip. Yeah, like a tongue. So it's not like you could hide that in the, yeah. Yeah, maybe he just liked the sword look. That's what I think, because they just, like, yeah. like didn't. It's, it's interesting that, they're like, they're surrounded by these, the, the frogs. There's no subterraneans on this cover. No. And then we have, like, this really militaristic... <laughs> BPRD agent, which I think we've seen in the past, but not, I don't know if we've... Yeah, not so much in this issue. It's yeah. like he's just like, I want him to look like the way I like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are like all army guys that are here, not really, like maybe there's a little team of BPRD people. Yeah, I feel like the last time we saw this kind of like high artillery based BPRD agent was like during Plague of Frogs when Ben and, yeah. uh, ben and uh, Roger were out. Manning yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. But cool cover. I mean, I really. Yeah, cool looking. Yeah. Again, I, I, I like his, I like, I like Kevin Nolan's work. And I think it's cool to put the Yeti at such the focal point above it all. Yeah. He's very cool looking. Nice. I like him a lot. <laughs> and then on the beginning of the third chapter, we have just like a little insert, little panel of one of the frogs that the monk was decorating in the first issue was like carving and then painted with the like flame symbol. And then it cuts to like total fucking mayhem. Wait, wait, um, you have, a, Oh, is that like in the, uh, I don't think I have that. There's like a frog symbol. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's which, just which, little, uh, which uh, I'm just, I just want to clarify. Cause I don't see that on mine. Are you, I'm are you doing like BPRD the collect volume 11? Ah, I'm using yeah. the omnibus. That's why they're oh, different. Yeah. Cool. I just wanted to clarify that. Cause I didn't see oh, that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's just a little like quick panel, but maybe they just put them in later when they were publishing this version. Yeah. It looks like it was in the, the individual story uh, collection, oh, okay. not the omnibus, but cool. Oh, I just wanted to clarify yeah. that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and then all shit is, like, hitting the fan completely. <laughs> we have, like, the frogs and the subterranean guys 
ascending the stairs and then getting blown back into smithereens by a tank. You know, that'll slow him down. But yeah, he's like, yeah, I hope your friends hurry up so we can get the fuck out of here alive. (laughs) But Abe is still kind of trying to like, you know, he's like pulling teeth with Memnon Saw trying to get him to spit out his story. Memnon Saw's like, oh yeah, Gilfred, yeah, he, he doesn't really exist anymore. And then kind of tells the story of how Gilfred was he calls it lost and looking. He's like very forgiving of his previous self here. Yeah. And I like that he separates himself so completely from him. Yeah. Yeah. He almost like looks at this Guilford character with pity and he's like, yeah, he was trying to like find a way, you know, not quite saying like find a way to gain power. He found a gifted man who had like magical powers, but, um, and so Guilford decided to end that relationship and it shows him like, Having burned that man alive <laughs> on a fuck well, maybe not alive, but he's burned him on a fireplace and is standing on the fireplace on the mantle, like swinging a fire poker at police. Yeah, a couple of bobbies trying to pull him down. Then it's uh, him chained up and in a straight jacket in a in like a you know the loony bin or whatever they had back then. So followed a time for rest. A retreat from society and its distractions and temptations, a a chance for reflection and meditation. So, yeah, he's like kind of doing a little like he's an untrustworthy narrator. Like he's presenting it in such like a like elevated flowery like, oh, I I had to get away and find myself. And it's like, no, you fucking killed someone and you were thrown away. Oh, you got thrown in an insane (laughs) asylum. Yeah. And he like, I guess, eventually chilled out, started playing a little chess. (laughs) and was like, had to get out of there. He said, you know, the West was too stifling. So he went on a cruise and he went to Asia and it shows him looking at this huge boat at the boat of purity and ease in the garden of nurtured harmony in Beijing. There were whispers of a dream, Agartha. You see like him among these like Agarthan monks up in the mountains. And that's where he says he found Memnon Sa. Where, like, Gilfred found Menmen So that's, like, the change from Gilfred to Menmen I guess. Yeah. And he's looking older. You know, his hair is white now. Mm-hmm. And I love, like, Abe's response to this where he's like, that's just great, really fantastic stuff. Look, Gilfred, I have to call an airstrike to bomb the hell out of your little Shangri-La. I will. Or if I have to do that, I will. Uh, we're leaving with Liz. That is... Right there is the end of your little story. And he's like (laughs) stopping him. And we see the monk like preparing the frog sculptures that Mm -hmm. he made. The little talismans. Yeah. And he's like, "Uh, Guilford's dead. He's not here anymore. People can be reborn, Agent Sapien. I think you know this. So he's like kind of, yeah, sort of like. He's like, I can see your history. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of scratching away at Abe. Like, because Abe somewhat knows that, you know, he, well, he knows obviously about like. Langdon call but it's like he doesn't really know you know he kind of he kind of like makes a face at Memnon saw calling it out it's not something that he's like advertised that he's had this like previous life yeah exactly and he's like he's definitely at this point separated himself from Lyndon call right he's gone through that process right yeah and then outside it's just fucking mayhem what a great splash page yeah it's great you got a yeti Ripping the arm off of one of the subterranean guys <laughs> and punching the frogs. Well, I guess there is a monk in this. There's a monk that has grabbed one of those swords and he's fighting with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, may, that's my assumption is like maybe he grabbed one off the ground while fighting or something. Yeah, that makes sense. And army guys are blasting with their AKs, all these frogs, and it's just fucking mayhem. You know, oh, and this is where the army colonel is saying like, oh, I know about the frogs. What are these other little red guys? I like he calls them red punks. <laughs> yeah. And Johan starts like kind of explaining and then he's like, actually, it's complicated. And then again, he reaches over him and grabs the frog that was like about to come jump him, rips that apart and chucks it. <laughs> Bursts it right open like a fucking candy. Yeah, he's just snapping it in half. Yeah, so, and the colonel's like asking him like, okay, so why are they here? For Like, how did they find you up here? The Yeti answers and says, not for you. They come for my master, Memnon Saw. I've heard that name before. That's an alias for the guy we're here about. And they come better prepared than you. And he points and we see more of those like giant robot slash now crustacean biologically alive (laughs) crab creatures that we saw that like ripped apart part of uh, the Munich. Yeah. Munich town. They destroyed. They showed up first in Munich. Yeah. They're now like they brought one of those and it's like in full form too. It's not. We have like a couple. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, and they're, like, fully, like, living creatures at this point. Very much like a stink bug, but with, like, crab legs. And then you see a bunch of the little, like, lo- lizards that we've seen before, too. Yeah. Like the subterranean guys riding them. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, and this is, yeah, like, a like two-page the one that Johan, The Johan, like, inhabited before and fought as. Mm-hmm. That one was cool. Yeah, very cool. Those are all here. They brought, they definitely came prepared. <laughs> yeah. The Yeti's like, prepare your men for retreat. Retreat? We're going to fight here. They'll tell us apart. Yeti says, uh, we will handle the rear offensive. <laughs> and they do. They jump into the fight for the glory of my king and just start, like, you know, really berserking out, like, wailing on these frogs. I really love that panel of the bottom of the page where yeah. we have the Yeti destroying one of the uh, frogs face. frog so hard that his like upper jaw gets knocked off. Yeah. And then I love the touch that like they're on his back and the little like bleeding uh, scratch yeah, mark. scratching at him and stuff. It's such a cool like they're just and there's another one that has the same thing happening to his back. Like there's just a lot of great little simple details to this. Details. Totally. Of this fight. I love it. It's sick as hell. <laughs> and then back inside we have the monk positioning all of the talismans in a floating circle around Liz. As you do. As you do. I don't I never counted exactly how many there are. Maybe there's a significance to the number, but they haven't like really indicated that yet. Kate's like, yeah, move it along. Let's hear the rest of the story. Uh, you haven't brought Liz back to the monks of Agartha. They were killed. So what is this? And he's like, oh, yes, Kate Gergen, you're very curious. That's good. And, you know, all that <laughs> so annoying shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he talks about how he basically was such an asshole in Agartha that the monks kicked him out. he like you know he just sucks everywhere he goes and he's like but he's saying it in a way where it's like i had i was i moved on and god you know the universe provided just enough to keep me alive and he passed out in the snow and when he wakes up he's around a fire with a yeti and he gets scared and runs to the wall but then when he turns back around he sees a guy like a, a monk with his legs folded and I guess that's what we can assume the Yetis were like the guys, the shirtless guys. Yeah. Like transformed Mm -hmm. in the previous issue and this issue. So we have a monk speaking to him 
in Hyperborean. Okay, so these guys are the So they're the Hyperboreans, yeah, our yeah. monks and our Yeti and guys. And the other guys are just like subterranean. Yeah, another like race. Proto-humans or whatever. Yes. So he's like talking to him like, yeah, it's cold out. Just come with me. And it turns out for the Hyperboreans, the spiritual children of Hyperborea, they found their leader, their guide, the one who their fathers and great-grandfathers had promised would come. So they're all like bowing to Memnonsa, saying, he will raise the old cities and make them new again and tame fire to breed dragons. So he like vaguely fits their prophecy. So they welcome him in and make him the ruler here. There you go. He wanted that power. He got it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like pretty much his full transformation. And then he's like looking out at the city, an old city made new. Tame fire. God, he's done that too, Kate says. And Devin's like, yeah, uh, okay, but dragons? And then we see the talismans start to glow from their eyes and from the mark that the monk painted on them. And then it cuts back to the frogs fighting outside. The giant crab creatures are like fucking the tanks up and the army guys up. One is straight up in the air. That's like the... They're like (laughs) kicking one tank into another tank. And they're like glowing blue and so evil looking. (laughs) The tanks are toys to them. Yeah. This uh, colonel's like having the worst time. He's like, mission keeps changing. Like, first we came in to fight these guys. Now we're fighting these guys. How come? <laughs> and I like this, too, like, where he's like, how come they, the frogs didn't just pop up right into your city? And they have a little, like, there's bedrock underneath the Thadrathes. Thadrathes? Yeah. That makes, yeah. Impenetrable. And he's like, fuck, okay. Um, <laughs> and he's like, then he's just getting mad at Yoan. He's like, yeah, we're going to die. You can always go to your other suit, but we're toast if we die. These, like, bazookas we have aren't leaving a mark at all. They're not doing shit. And, like, it took all the, like, surface-to-air missiles to destroy them before. They're not prepared. Sorry, son, but we are good and truly fucked here. <laughs> and they're, like, blasting these things as they get closer. Cut back to Liz, and the talismans are glowing. And then one of the frogs is like, stops, curls over, looks very uncomfortable. His tongue becomes engorged and grows huge and starts glowing yellow from the inside. And his body is like lighting on fire. And the Colonel and Johan are, you know, like, what the fuck is that? And then the tongue forms into a full-blown, like, golden dragon <laughs> that screeches and, like, roars into the into the sky out of the mouth of the frog. And we see, like, other frogs are starting to do the same thing. Probably as many as there are talismans around Liz. Yeah, I counted on one of them. There was at least 11 I counted. There could be okay. more, but the 11 I've counted at least. So, yeah, it looks like that part of the prophecy is coming true. As the dragon's growing, it's, like, squishing all these frogs underneath it, so... It looks like it's going to give them a fighting chance against these giant mechanical slash alive bug creatures. <laughs> and that's the end of chapter three. It's crazy. Yeah, it gets. I mean, we thought Munich was nuts. <laughs> a lot of creatures that I didn't expect, which is fun. I like it. Yeah. And I liked that this turn, like we know something coming from the talisman of those frogs, but it yeah. was like. I like it. Let you go. Like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? This whatever's happening to this frog, and then you're like, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> this tra- yeah. and I love the des- the the design of the the dragon itself. Um, it's 
Like I like Guy Davis's touch that he does. We similarly saw it with um, uh, how Koshje became Deathless. That dragon yeah. had a similar design. I like the the arms that he gives it. Yeah, the like little arms. I like the kind of like tentacliness and of like the whiskers of mm-hmm. this dragon. So it's like vaguely Asian, vaguely like the headdress that we've seen on Memnon Sa yeah. before. Yeah. So, which makes sense if it's like if he's like being dressed by the Hyperboreans, that they would dress him in a way that like mimics the prophesied dragons and stuff like that. Totally, it's cool. Yeah, it's very cool stuff, and it's yeah, like like you said, it's just like we're getting a lot, and it's a lot, a lot of cool like turns. They continue to keep the turns coming. Yeah, <laughs> very much like what I did not expect any of this at the beginning of this. Yeah. A, I mean, a huge, insane battle between army men, monks, yetis, frog, frogs, subterraneans, <laughs> their yeah. giant crustacean machines, and now golden dragons. Giant crustacean machines. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I mean, I'm really digging it. I'm, I, I think it's nice that we're getting this, this backstory, which I think was much needed when we read the lobsters story of the iron Prometheus. Cause that story really bumped us and how it just became very like, or like classic, like Asian, like racist sort of characterization. Yeah. This is giving us more of like, Oh yeah. Like they're not sure this backstory is giving us a better understanding of like, this guy's bad. He's bad. And here's why he's bad. He's really like, yeah. and he's, he, he's really full of himself. You know what I mean? And we don't under we have a better understanding of what he was supposed to be versus just yeah. a very problematic soft pitch of a, a villain in the prior. Yeah. I mean, I still don't trust him. Oh, like, that's what I love about his narration. Yeah. Is that you're seeing it I love that untrustworthy like narrator. Yeah, it, it lets you it kind of confirms that he's not, like you said, like you a trustworthy narrator. Like there's you see the differences between his language and the events that he's describing. I I dig that because it it doesn't leave us going like, oh, now they should get on his side. You're still like, fuck this guy. Right. (laughs) And like, why can't you, you know, and it's still, what is his real purpose? What is his end goal even with Liz and and fighting these things? It's still not trustworthy. Right. It's not like he's, because, I mean, didn't the Hyperboreans have the same plan to like retake over the world? I would assume so, yeah. Isn't wasn't there like an issue? There was like an issue where like they basically had the same plan as the frogs, and it's like just basically different groups of people fighting for control of the world. Yeah, it's like okay, how do you pick sides on that rather than right. coexist? It's like you're not a good guy. I mean, I guess you're a good guy to Hyperboreans, but you still want to destroy humanity. Yeah, like you get rid of the subterraneans and the frogs right if they who's who's taking control and are you just yeah are you destroying what current culture is just to have that control yeah. and like yeah as a man saw like he he talks in such an ass uh, uh, we've called him multiple times annoying he talks down yeah. to everybody of like you just need to listen to me <laughs> it's like but you're not right. giving he us just enough he that thing of like i am so wise and also cryptic 
They're yeah. like, just tell us what you're going to tell us, you son of a bitch. Which was like a good, I, I think was good to give those kind of lines to all of our like beloved characters to be like, yeah, come on, spit it out. Because <laughs> that's how we I'll feel be- as readers. We're just like, you're right. just a classic villain that we're just like, oh my God. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> Time to get clobbered. It's a cool, like, midway point, in a sense, for our story to be at. Like, we're at this pinnacle of yeah. destruction. Possibly an, an upper hand is about to, is it uh, enacted just now. But, yeah. but again, enacted at the risk of who knows what it's doing to Liz. Is Liz in control? We don't. We're sort of in that vague spot right now. I mean, I just hope she gets out of it, really. That's, like, the real tension for me is, like, the fact that Panya was like, oh, she's not coming back to the BPRD. And I'm like, oh, man, are they going to fucking, like, kill her here? Right. Are you just going to exhaust her out? Burn her, literally burn her out? Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's It's not good. I have to say... I absolutely love, I think that, I mean, I know it's like almost obvious because I think there's a lot of singular panels that build to these, but these, this, this end splash page and then the splash page of the Yetis fighting, I was like, I was like, damn, these are two great splash pages that are cool. Like the timing and the placement of them is not wasted. It's really builds. Like one of them's yeah. like, you're building a different tension with Amin saw kind of talking again down to Abe and it's going, hey, you know about change, buddy. You're not fucking, we're right. almost like, I'm in a weird way. I'm trying to find equal footing with you. And then you cut back to this, this, it's like they're having a, like a philosophical discussion and outside is just chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do like that back and forth. That, I like when the Yeti starts speaking and you're like, oh, like, I think that's when I finally noticed that the talismans on the Yeti are the same as the ones in the monks. Oh, the monks can transform. And then that you see that really confirmed with Memnon Sa's story. Yeah. I like um I like these talismans floating around Liz. I think that's cool. But it's like shows you they're just kind of like using Liz's power. Yeah. To get to like kind of fuel their things. Exactly. I guess Liz, I mean, Liz would be like the chosen one more than I mean, he's construing this uh, prophecy as like I'm harnessing her power to bring the dragons back, but I don't know. Maybe there. I think there's like some wiggle room for that. Yeah. See what, see what becomes of that prophecy. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. That it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think from our point of view as well, and like we have our main characters, as you said, our beloved characters speaking for us. We still see it as like you're just using her. Like you're not. Yeah. So it's like I'm not going to trust you because you're just. It seems like you're using her again as like a, as a machine herself, not as a human. Right. And you had to fucking kidnap her to do it. It's right. like you're not like, yeah. You didn't you didn't show up to the BPRD and be like, hey, can we like uh work together? Right. We have to tell <laughs> you about a prophecy. But I wanted to touch, I do really like that panel, as you said, like the floating tal- talisman. I love the panel that shows them floating officially. Like how it yeah. shows like a close-up of it, his hand on it. It's kind of pulling out. It's almost like a cool shot of like pulling out to reveal that it's floating. I think, yeah. and then shows them around her. I think that's very cool. Totally. And I like, I like, I like things like that where it's just like, I like magic on display without explanation. I'm just a fan. Yeah. It's, it's simple, but I'm a fan of it. <laughs> like we know that this guy is magical as shit. So it's like, yeah, okay. Th- this all makes sense. This all checks out. Very cool stuff. Totally. Great. I mean, it's a great, cool, like midpoint. I'm, I'm excited to finish it out on the next two. Yeah, the next me episode. too. I was like, oh, I want to keep reading right now. I have read I all of the friend. I couldn't stop reading 
during oh, our time no. off with Jinjitha. So I'm excited for it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll be covering the next next episode, um, chapter four and five, to finish out Black Goddess. But in the yeah. meantime, hey listeners, we want to hear your thoughts on everything we've touched about. All your thoughts on the the Black Goddess, these last two issues, the prior issue, anything that we've ever talked yeah. about. We want to hear your thoughts and any additions you have to this great um, expanding world of the BPRD. If you know more stuff about Kali, which is easy to know more stuff about <laughs> her than me, I know about two things about her. So, but yeah, if there's any like cool shit, you're like, oh, this is referencing this or, you know, if you want. Oh, I'm please. not telling you to do our homework for us, but if you if you already know it and you want to share it. I would welcome that. Yeah, we definitely love hearing from you. So you can email yeah. us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we'll share your thoughts right here on the show. I feel like Professor Pitaway would know a lot about this. Yeah, Professor, we haven't, we heard, haven't from heard from you. I hope he's okay. I yeah. hope you're okay. I yeah. did send you that, your last little, uh, like your gift, your gift that you got for um, for back on our first giveaway ever. I finally oh, yeah, sent that yeah. off to you. So please email us. Um, we'd love to hear from oh, the no, professor. No wonder he stopped. He was like, those liars. <laughs> yeah, probably. He probably thought I was a liar for a bit. <laughs> but I wasn't. I eventually got it off. Just procrastinators. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. Um, but yeah, email us again. Once again, awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. And um, if you could please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to the show on, if it gives you that option, please rate and review us, subscribe. But if you go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word BOOM, B-O-O-M, we will read your review right here on the show and give you a big old shout out and praise yeah. you and give you all the love. We call that a BOOM review. Please give us a BOOM review. That will just help more listeners come to the show. We really appreciate it. And in addition to that, of course, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast, Twitter Hellboy. Remember that we do uh, try our best to always respond to your comments on any of the posts that are about the upcoming issues or anything we do choose to post there. But if you do want your um, thoughts shared on the show, you got to give us an email. Yeah. So just remember that. But that's it. I don't know if I have any. I have only one suggestion, which is just like a very basic one. In addition to like MN Saws, I was like, oh yeah, this reminds me a lot of Batman Begins when Bruce Wayne goes to uh, meet uh, Ra's al Ghul, you know? Yeah. That and Seven Years in Tibet starring Brad Pitt. So check those out if you have never seen them <laughs> or if you want to revisit them. I haven't, yeah. <laughs> I think Seven Years in Tibet is actually a very decent movie <laughs> from oh, cool. what I remember. Yeah, check I d- it, out. it could It could just be another like white privileged man, you know, in, in uh, an Asian culture, but I remember yeah. it being a good movie. But well, that's all I got. Nothing really like profound. I'll check it out. Great. Yeah, I don't have. Uh, I don't really have any recommendations based on this one. That's okay. I love but, it. Yeah. Who cares? We're, we're just go back and read it with us. Yeah. <laughs> that's it for this episode. Um, we'll be back next week to cover the next and final two issues of the Black Goddess. Woo! Until then, thank you for listening, and remember. Oh, we love ya. Baby. <laughs> Do you know what?
what an NPE is? Yeah, that's okay, no one does. It's a non-paternal event, and it's what they call it when you do a DNA test and find out that you actually are the milkman's son, or your parents used a sperm donor, or you were adopted and no one ever told you. I'm Eve Sturgis, host of Everything's Relative, where I invite my guests to talk about DNA discoveries and how spitting into a tube has changed their lives for better or worse. Episodes are out every other Friday, Find them on Campfire Media or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Campfire.